Enlighten podcast. I am Michelle from Michelle Price the Lightworker. And I'm Becca from Insightful Connections. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Um, we are just a couple of spiritually weird chicks if you are a first timer and you haven't been here before. And we like to have a um, little chat every week, Becca and I. So we figured why not record it and let everyone listen to our amazing wisdom. Hey, Beck. <laughs> Well, it's certainly it's certainly some interesting things we come up with. <laughs> well, yeah, and some of it's a little out there. It's a little left to feel, but um, that's okay because it's our opinions and our thoughts and we figure why not, you know, maybe someone else might uh, benefit Absolutely. from our banter, Rebecca. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I'll be drawing today. a card today too. Yes, <clears throat> yes. So today our mission is to get you to learn something, give you some guidance with a card draw, as Michelle just said, and um, share some of our tips and tricks with you. Sure will. Um, now, the theme for today, Beck, is morals, values and beliefs. And we alluded to this at the end of the last episode because it was actually pretty relevant to what we were talking about last time. So morals, values and beliefs, what does it really mean? Um, does it come into play, I guess, with your cultural background and things like that? You know, we all sort of have different upbringings and things like that so we'll be having a look at that from a few different angles um so this is going to be super interesting but but we always like to catch up on, on what we've been up to so what have you been doing what's been your uh, biggest takeaway of the week well i've got lots of little projects going on at the moment because as as i sort of alluded to last time i'm getting ready to move move house so there's a, a lot involved in that and one thing we did do is we went out to, we've got a place here in Canberra called The Green Shed, and it's where people drop off all their old furniture or things they don't need anymore or if they've replaced something and they just sort of drop it off down there and, and you can go in and pick up some bargains and what have you. So we went out there to have a look because I want to make a coffee tea station, like hot chocolate station when we move house. Oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. So I'm going to take some photos of this this thing I bought and, um, you know, it's not going to be anything too flamboyant, but it's just a little thing. I'm going to – it's a cabinet that I'm going to sand back and maybe paint a little bit, dress it up. Of course, I'm going to clear its energy because it's come from somewhere else. So clear all the energy, a bit of – clean it with some eucalyptus wash, that sort of thing. And we sage it inside the cupboards and just give it a new a new purpose and a new life, which will be fun. And then I'm just going to create this little area because I don't have a lot of kitchen bench because we've had a look at a couple of houses and there doesn't seem to be a lot of um, kitchen space, bench space around. So I thought I could move my kettle and coffee machine and, and what have you over onto this, create a bit of space. And, you know, it solves a few little problems for us, gives us a little bit of extra space and gives us a place to, to, to have all that set up. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't normally group fun and uh, moving house into the same sentence, but definitely the coffee aspect of that, <laughs> very fun. <laughs> well, I guess I guess at the end of the day, it sort of gives me something to look forward to. Something oh, to put completely into and, Yeah, and, it's just the um, move that we don't enjoy so much, packing up all the up stuff. The and stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is a fresh start, new chapter, and um, yeah, really excited for you, hon. And what about you, Michelle? What have you been up to? I'll back. I, every week, every week, I'm like, oh my god, what haven't I been up to? Look, you got to, you got to stay busy, idle hands, whatever the saying is. But yeah, I've been preparing for a hands party, Rebecca. I tell you what, I've never done so much baking in all my life. I'm 46, never done so much. I'm not a baker. 
and they because the lady who's getting married is uh, English, and so they wanted to have this high tea. And uh, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm vegan because they're serving croissants and, you know, Devon and God knows, you know, all the meats. And um, so I was like, well, yeah, I don't eat meat um, or dairy. So uh, maybe I'll bring a few things and make them. And it was really funny because she misunderstood what I meant. I was like, oh, do you think other people will eat what I'm making though? Because I didn't want to be just like making a whole batch of, I'm making strawberry shortcake. I've already made it. I've just got to whip the um, coconut cream. So I'm making coconut cream this morning with some caster sugar. So yeah, I've sort of done all of that. But um, I said to the lady, you know, do you think other people eat it? Because I didn't want to have to eat a whole batch of strawberry shortcake because it makes a lot. And she said, oh, no, I don't think so. And she actually was worried. She thought that I was worried that people were going to eat all of it and I wouldn't get anything. And I was like, no, like I just don't want to make it all and have to eat it all myself. And she was like, oh, so she was like, no, no one's going to eat it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so she just misunderstood. So, yeah, I've made this batch of sh- a strawberry shortcake. I, I don't really- know. I feel, sorry to interrupt you, Michelle, I feel like somebody will give it a go. And oh, no, they eat. will. She misunderstood yeah. what I meant. She was worried that uh, I thought that if I made it that I wouldn't get any of it. And I was more asking that, you know, do you think other people will eat it too? Because I don't want to eat a whole batch myself. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, she misunderstood what I meant. Got you, got you. So the other thing I made was it was meant to be cherry, um, a cherry almond cake, but um, I couldn't find frozen cherries anywhere. So I um, made it frozen raspberries. So I I hope that's okay. I think raspberries are, are really yummy. And we don't do cherries so much in Australia. It's an American recipe. So I did frozen raspberries and almond instead. And I mean, it looks fine. Um, I haven't eaten it, but, you know, it sort of rose and did what it was meant to do. So I think that was good. But I was baking and sort of waiting for it to cool at, you know, 10.30 last night or something. It was like a very long night um, because I had to finish work, obviously, and then started doing all the baking and everything. But it should be really fun. We're staying out in the uh, hinterland. So it looks like a really nice area. I haven't been there before. Uh, it's about 35 minutes away. So we're going to be there sort of tonight. Um, tomorrow we're doing the hens party. Um, there's a fascinator and frock theme. So I have to get my race things out, my horse race things out. So yeah, it should be really nice. I actually had a really challenging reading too, Beck. And I like to bring these things up because it's a good lesson, I guess, for other people building confidence because, um, you know, I'm pretty confident. I've been reading for, you know, almost three years and I feel like I'm in my rhythm and I'm, you know, doing really well. And then I had a guy rock up and he was like, it just went straight into the logical mind because he sort of got there and he goes, I know you, you don't know me, do you? I know you, I've met you before. Mm. You know those ones? And you're like, mm. oh. And I'm like a journalist, so I'm like, mm, who is this guy? And he goes, I know someone who knows you as well, Beck. He's laying it on now. And I'm going. Oh, okay. Yeah. He walked in and sat down and said that. And uh, also he got lost in everything else and didn't have any credit on his phone or something rather. But anyway, he's like, he's saying all these things to me and I'm going, Okay. So then I'm in my head and what's going on? And then it was really funny because I shut my eyes and he's, he's, he's going to me, Michelle, I had a reading recently and um, she was rubbish and she was fishing and blah, blah, blah. And I don't really believe in this whole thing. And I'm thinking, great, <laughs> anything else, anything else. And I love that. I love that. I, yeah. I don't really believe in this sort of thing, but I'm going to go, I'm going to like um, sort of, reading crawl like a pub crawl yeah. and a reading yeah. crawl yeah. from yeah. one person to another yeah so he's like don't expect him to give you anything because she was fishing and you know I don't like that and I was like right I mean and then I close my eyes and you're you're an empath you know what it's like I close my eyes and I'm going oh my god I can't breathe what's happening my chest is tired I'm not having a heart attack but I can't breathe what is going on 
And I was like gasping and I'm like, what is happening to my chest? And he goes, I think I'm having an asthma attack. And I went, really? And he goes, yeah. And at that moment, I'd been looking, I was looking around here and I go, hang on, what am I looking for? I was in his car and I'm looking into the center console. He goes, that's where my asthma puffer is. Runs out the front door, comes back with his asthma puffer. He's doing a few puffs. And he goes, how the hell did you do that? And I go, I don't know. That's what I do. I just felt you. And he goes, shit. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, And I said, I I never know what it is, mate. Like I said, I didn't know if that was someone coming in. I didn't know if that was you, but I was just like, I couldn't breathe. And my uh, chest felt really tight. And I felt a bit panicky and anxious. And he said, yeah. And he, um, I said, I was in your car and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah. He said, that's where the asthma puffer is. So he was sort of sitting there like chin on the ground. But then it was still really hard, hum, because it was like he booked an hour and a half, which is like reading and healing. But it was like pulling teeth, getting any kind of like confirmation. And I, I don't yeah. know if people think that's still fishing, but I mean, I'm sitting there at his house and I'm going, okay, so I'm at your home. I'm looking out into the backyard. I'm looking out into the backyard. I'm sitting right at the back of the house and I'm looking out into the back. I don't know what, I don't know why. I said, is this your room? Is this something going on here? I'm looking at the backyard. I don't know what that is. Anyway, I kept saying it to him. He wasn't giving me anything. And I said, uh, and he's like, is there anything else? And I'm like, no. And he goes, he inside or outside? And I said, inside, looking out. And he goes, oh yeah, that's my bedroom. But it took me five minutes or 10 minutes or something to get to that for him to say, that's actually my bedroom. I've moved home and I'm downstairs, literally on the backyard the back room. And I went, great. So I've seen this great cat, Rebecca. And I'm like, you know, great cat, la la. And the guy's like, is it this house or is it the other house? And I'm like, mate, I'm looking at your backyard. The backyard we just talked about. The great cat's here. And he goes, well, that's my parents' cat. I'm like, great. So it was just like, everything was like pulling teeth. And it was like an hour and a half of that. And then when I went back and he said at the end who the, he had an ex-fiance who was actually the person that we knew, both of us knew, and I went back and I looked at her notes to compare. And it was like a lot of the stuff that I'd written in her notes were in his notes. So I think there was a lot of denial. I think there was a lot of not wanting to admit things. Um, we don't want the same stuff maybe because a lot of it was to do with the future, you know, families and weddings and all this sort of stuff. And that's all the stuff he was saying no to. So I was really confused. But at the end of it, I just think, well, you know, what's the point of going to a, a medium or someone who's a reader, you know? Um, unless they're going to be sort of open, ready to receive, you know, the whole thing. It's like some people uh, maybe expect that we're going to tell them what they want to hear. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah, you're right. You're doing everything right. Keep doing what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. I just think it wasn't it wasn't super fun for me. And, yeah, the uh, positive, though, was I had this other lady who I was um, in the car with because uh, she was on the phone to me on Zoom and uh, driving in the car with her brother. And I couldn't see anything, but without driving along and I was doing the reading and then all of a sudden I broke out of what I was doing and I just went, well, I'm in a supermarket. I'm in the, in the shop. I'm in the supermarket. And she started laughing and I opened my eyes and she's just sitting in the car still. But she said, oh, my brother just ran into Costco. We're actually parked in the Costco car park and he's running to get a cake for someone's birthday. And I was just like, oh my God, what? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, that's really funny. And <laughs> I'm always surprised. Like I think people are fi- like find it weird that I'm surprised by this. But I'm like, oh, really? Um, because you just, when you're in the moment, in the zone, you're not really thinking about anything. I'm just saying stuff. And all of a sudden, I literally was in the supermarket because that's where my brother is. Um, so that's <laughs> really funny. So, you know, we have the ups and downs, but I just think, you know, have a think about it. You know, what are you going to a reader for? You know, what are you kind of, expectations can be blockers, you know, all these things. Um, so I just right. think, 
you know, have a feeling and, into that. And as we were, were sort of talking about before, because um, we had an issue with our recording. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, a lot of people, and it was kind of like the Google Doctor thing. Yeah. Um, when you have a symptom, you go in and you 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 look it up and try and self diagnose self doctor yourself mm. um self doctor yourself that is not right diagnose yeah. self diagnose um but it's the same sort of thing a lot of people will come in for a reading mm. and they'll have all these expectations and know what they want to hear and they'll have it like this this and this and this and this and then we'll come up with other things and we'll be like well there's this and there's mm. this and they're the important messages that you need at the time um but it's not always yeah not always what they want to hear and they do get a little bit disappointed but yeah. then they do I, I find I find um that at some point whether it be that afternoon or a week later or even you know just after the, the session um our time together they they turn around and say well actually I feel really good or, yeah I agree that often happens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know if it's going to happen in this case but that often happens where people weren't willing to hear that thing at the time and you think, oh, geez. And um, you really, I mean, when I say, oh, geez, I mean, I'm really upset. Like I'm like, oh, my God, I hope I didn't offend them or whatever. Um, but, yeah, often they uh, come back later and, yeah, thanks thanks for that. Thanks for saying what you said because that eventually sinks in, get, the message gets through. Um, I had a beautiful lady, a mother of a client of mine come in and um, she's very unwell and I went through a few physical things. She thought she was dying. Like she was really worried and fearful. And um, she does stress a lot. And I sort of said to her, look, I think it's um, these couple of things. And then her family kept saying, watch the sugar, watch the sugar, watch the sweet tooth, the sugar. It was like, literally, I felt like I was saying it until I was blue in the face. Like, I'm not even kidding you. And circulation, she was like, yeah, okay, circulation and sugar. And um, when she got the results back, she's got diabetes. But it's the beginning stages of it. And yeah. her daughter came back to me and said, I just have to give you some feedback. It's pretty amazing. And I said to them, make sure you do the tests, get the test done, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm just giving you my perspective and from your loved ones, um, but go and make sure you do the doctor thing. And I mm-hmm. came back and said, you got early onset, so she can still do some exercise and other things. But her daughter was Dietary amazed. Changes. She was like, yeah, she was like, the sugar was the first thing they talked to us about, the exercise, which is what I was telling her, and movement and circulation and all of this stuff. And that's what the verdict is. So it's not the end of the world. I mean, she thought she was dying, the poor love, you know, and it's like sometimes we get into that fear factor and it kind of everything blows up. Um, so, yeah, it's ups and downs in this game. Um, and then briefly I just wanted to say that, yeah, my Facebook booking system's all over the place um, at the moment. So I've just been recommending people go straight to my Square site uh, because it hasn't been linking properly. So people who aren't members of Facebook who don't have a profile actually can't even book with me. They can't find any links. They can't find anything to sort of get to me. So people have either been messaging me, um, SMSing me, Messenger or emailing. And um, it's just super painful because Facebook all of a sudden reinstated its uh, booking system and it it shut it down. And that's why I went to Square and then it's reinstated it. Um, And I don't want to use Facebook because now I've got two calendars, which means basically people are all double booking. I've had three people double book. And some of them have just been really frustrated and, and haven't rebooked, you know, potentially losing business. So um, I can't manage two calendars. So I've gone through Facebook's calendar and I've blocked out as much as I can within range of what my square calendar looks like. But it now means I'm juggling two calendars and I can't get anything from Facebook. Square was amazing. Square, I got to speak to a real person. But Facebook, um, yeah, haven't been forthcoming. Have you got um, your square details up in the yeah. 
having yeah, a Yeah, it's page. on my, yeah, the link is on my um, Instagram page and I've pinned the link to Square um, on both my private group and my main group, um, awesome. main business page, yeah. So people can still book, um, but yeah, Facebook leaves a lot to be desired, especially with customer service. Uh, okay, so the card, angel card for today. So this is Angel Prayers, Kyle Gray, um, and I got this in the Hay House sale. So it's about 20 bucks, really good deck. Um, anything from Kyle Gray, I love. I will grab it. That's Archangel Michael on the cover yeah. of that deck. Absolutely. Now, the card is beautiful. Let's take a step back, and I think it's really relevant to what we're talking about today. There's a lady here. She's on the edge of a cliff, what looks like a cliff, and she's uh, like an angel. She's facing away from it and she's got her arms outstretched and she's kind of in a ballerina stance with her toe pointed and it's like she's walking away from the edge. So Almost like she's going to do a handstand. Yeah, yeah, she's moving her arms. You can see there's a lot of movement with her arms. It's like she's just swung her arms up into the air and a real powerful stance. It feels quite powerful. So take a, next, uh, take a step back and there's some eagles in the background. Eagles symbolise um, freedom, flying above, not getting involved in the stuff. Um, thank you, angels, for helping me to step back from what's not serving me. So isn't that amazing? Because really, that's what we're sort of talking about today. And what we've just been talking about is if that friendship isn't serving me, if that colleague is toxic, if that relationship is toxic, we're taking a step back from all those things that aren't serving me anymore. The old patterns, the old beliefs, the things that my grandparents said or didn't say, um, we're not doing the same stuff anymore. This is all healing the karma. Um, we're not repeating those patterns um now's the time take a step back um that picture will go into our uh socials when i post this on um facebook as well to promote the show beck that's it from me would you like to kick things off today just to switch i will absolutely and i just want to say too just in you know follow on from that card one of the first show notes um that i wrote up for today was that i you know i wanted to say that sometimes life happens and it's bound to because having a human aspect, that's just what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the tough things in life are our actions. Another is anger. So not always a bad thing to have because it alerts us to, they alert us to our feelings, that we want better from a situation, that someone, be it ourselves or another person, has crossed a boundary and, you know, meant may need some time to process what we're feeling um, or why we're feeling anger. The trick is to sit with the emotion, not to push it aside or act on it. Sit with the feeling before responding, which is really, it's a really tough thing to sort of get a grip on that. Yeah, because a lot of time you just want to react. Well, that's right. Absolutely. What is it? Knee-jerk. Knee-jerk reactions. So trying to be mindful of that gives you the opportunity to figure out what is triggering, triggering you and come to terms with it as a whole and then act on the bigger picture. Yeah, some really good points there, Beck, and um, that is the reaction. I talk to a lot of people about, you know, when you get triggered, um, don't have a go at the other person because there's always like someone, usually it's someone or a situation that's triggering you. Don't have a go at them. Um, sit back, think about it. Why is it triggering me? What's the situation? What's the emotion? How can I deal with it? And literally, if you are with another person, especially a partner, we need to go into a different room. We need to separate ourselves from the situation and, process it as Beck said figure out the emotion why is it making me feel that way yeah we never want to engage in that moment because it can be very um very emotional so yeah, and I'll go into that a little yeah. bit more in a minute yeah I actually made a similar point later too so I'll get back into that too um but based on our convo we were talking in the birthday episode we did it at birthday episode based on Beck's beautiful daughter's uh twin daughter's birthday and a few other things and um 
So when we were chatting about that, I was mentioning that I had my 40th birthday to jail, a very haunted jail in Brisbane, um, an ex-jail. So, so just to be clear, you didn't go like off the rails and get arrested. No, no, no. I mean, that that was my, um, that was my, that was my definite choice. And my definite pick was to get arrested and get thrown in jail on my 40th birthday. However, it didn't work out, which was very disappointing. Um, but... <laughs> So we had this guy hosting and one of my girlfriends was a bit funny and she was like, ah, ha, ha, you know, she came in late and she's like, so you're a murderer? And he's like, yeah, I am. And she was like, what? Um, and we were all like, hey. And it was quite shocking. Like, we were like, my God, um, I don't know that I've ever, I mean, you know, who knows? You go to Coles, you go to Woolies, you know, who knows who you're around? Like, there could be murderers, who knows? But the point was, I don't know if I've been around a murderer before, um, certainly not knowingly. And um, I was a bit like, wow, okay, this is something. And that was quite surprising to me. So to actually be in the presence of someone like that. But he actually, he said, we said, well, you know, what's the deal? Like, what happened? How did you get there? Because he seemed like a really nice guy. And we're like, how did this happen? And he was like, well, I actually um, killed this guy because he was dealing drugs to kids. And I was like, we were like, oh, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of fair enough. And they said, yeah, I gave him some warning. He was a drug dealer too. The guy that was in prison uh, was a drug dealer as well. But he was like, you know, this guy kept dealing to kids. And I said, don't deal to kids. And he kept dealing to kids. And so I murdered him. And we all kind of went, oh, um, well, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from. But the thing is, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm being tongue in cheek here because, I mean, obviously you don't take vigilante action. That's not okay. But, you know, when you think about those things, you kind of go, well, yeah, dealing drugs to kids is bad. But then do, you know, how would a drug dealer report another drug dealer? You know, maybe that could be an informant. Who knows? There might have been a way. But um, I guess he, he uh, sorted it out in the way that he figured, you know, he should do it. And that's cool. So um, that's his thing. But he was a really nice guy, Beck. Um, anyway, he doesn't deal drugs anymore. But, you know, I guess with this episode, I wanted to look at, you know, the cultural differences and um, parents, and, you know, what's the norm and things like that. And it's like, you know, morals, values, and beliefs, sometimes that does come into line with your religious beliefs and things like that as well. You know, what is my church belief? You know, is that my belief? You know, all of those things, cultural backgrounds, and also what your mum and dad do. Because, um, you know, when you grow up in a family, that's what you feel is the norm. So that's where a lot of those morals, values, and beliefs actually come from, is from your upbringing and um, your parents and what they did and didn't do. And it's good to sort of sit down and analyse what things are triggering your emotions or thoughts. Um, yeah, maybe it'll be a good challenge for ourselves and and to our listeners out there to you know sort of challenge ourselves to overcome them for 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 healing and unblocking purposes. Absolutely. So an example is honouring our lessons from our parents or teachers or that person who cuts us off in traffic. Even oh. um, perhaps being cut off in traffic is reminding you to slow down, or without realising it, you've been cutting off your own knees or even someone close to you. Um, it doesn't mean, and it's certainly not, you know, um, mean that our experience with those lessons were not hurtful or or scary or triggering, but there, it, it doesn't mean that there's no accountability for people's actions, mm. but it's about learning and healing. So with those experiences, without those experiences, I should say, we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't be who we are today and be able to make mm. our own choices for our own personal morals and beliefs. So, mm. you know, it's it's interesting. I know sometimes someone will say say something to me or I'll receive a message or if I'm too busy at the time to acknowledge it and then later I find myself thinking, oh, they asked me about this or that and I was so rushed. I didn't actually answer them properly. I kind of left them hanging. Personally, I hate when people do this to me. So when that happens, <laughs> I take it fine to ground myself and take some time to slow the pace and enjoy feeling, you know, being present. In the moment. So I find 
yeah, I find this gives me an energetic boost that I need without rushing or leaving people hanging. Yeah. And that's a value I've created for myself, which, you know, amazing, amazingly benefits not just me, but my family and people I interact with. Makes so, you more present, hey? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Really good point because today um, in this day and age, we've got so much technology and everyone is a million miles a minute and multitasking. I mean, gosh, we thought we used to multitask. Now we really are multitasking, back, that's for sure. It's a good lesson. Yeah. So I wanted to make a point here about um, Paulo Coelho and I did sort of allude to this in a previous episode, but he just, he's very, very good. And he wrote The Alchemist and a few other amazing books. I've got all of his books pretty much. And he's just so incredible that he really does put you in situations sometimes. And there's a book in particular that I'll try and find and put into the show notes. I've got it on my shelf. But um, he's just so good at making you really question yourself. And similar to that guy in the jail that was like, you know, I killed this guy because he was dealing drugs to kids. Similar to that, he puts you in situations where you kind of go, huh, okay, so, yeah, maybe I would. And, you know, take someone else's life under those circumstances or whatever. Like he puts you in situations where you can kind of justify it almost. And I know that sounds very dark, but I just, I do find the human mind very interesting. I'm very interested in psychology and all of that stuff. So it's like, are there particular, you know, is there a perfect storm, for example, uh, where you would do those things? So I just find it's very interesting, not that it's making us, you know, all go out there and sort of think about doing that thing. But it does really, he does do a lot with the morals and values. And I've always felt that about Paul Aquello. And if you've ever read his books, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the Alchemist is brilliant because, I mean, The Alchemist is all about reaching that sort of point in our life where we can go down and get married and have kids and do all of that stuff. Or am I going to pursue my dreams and keep looking for my treasure in inverted commas? You get to those sort of turning points in life and you kind of, it's a crossroads. It's a sliding doors moment where I could go through this door or not go through this door. You know what I mean? We've all got choices, as Beck said before. We've all got willpower and the freedom to choose. And um, I love that. You know, there's a real pivotal moment in that Alchemist book. And it's not a very long book. Um, It's quite short, but um, life-changing, you know. And um, when he wrote it, no one actually wanted to publish it. They were like, no, we think it's rubbish. And eventually one publisher said, yeah, we'll take it on. And it's a worldwide bestseller all-time bestseller it's amazing Mm. took off like wildfire uh translated into a million different languages too so i find those sorts of things interesting because i'm interested in sort of serial killers i'm interested in true crime i'm interested in how do they develop into what they are you know when they can have other siblings who are like seemingly normal you know and uh same parents and all the rest of it so i will find the uh, link to that and pop it into show notes back absolutely that would be that would be really good because I'd like to read that. I just want to sort of throw it out there that you know for people that you're not responsible for your act for others' actions or emotions. So obviously, mm. you know, little kids and babies, that sort of thing. We look after them. We're responsible for them and and helping them. You know, process things and and move forward with you know compassion and love. Um, but just in general, people are responsible for the way they behave. Mm-hmm the path they choose and their values and their morals. Um, And I just wanted to put this, I I was in Bunnings the other day, in Bunnings, and I actually went around to the garden centre to have a look at some lemongrass because I want to put some lemongrass in under the the Gola area. Yeah, beautiful. Does it smell when it rains? Yep, mosquitoes and bugs too, that sort of thing. It's a deterrent. Um, (laughs) But I was, I was, I actually, got really frustrated like 
thatched. Like just click of the fingers, I was just like, oh my gosh. And I had to reground myself and, and sort of go about my day. But I was walking around Bunnings here and there was this little boy, little little boy, maybe three or four years old. Okay, so little, little, around that age. And he was talking, he's like, oh, what about these flowers? And this woman that was with him was like, no, I don't want those yellow flowers. And I'm like, oh, so I've got, I've got, you know, sort of pricked my ears up and they sort of stood up and I sort of leaned into it a little bit because I was like, this is interesting. Should have just mind my own business because it would have been better for me energetically. Mm-hmm. But I'm human. <laughs> like we all are and we've been thing, through this. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> um, and he, he sort of walked around the corner and he's like, well, what sort of flower? And she's like, your mother planted yellow flowers in her garden and I don't like them, so we're going to get new flowers. I was just like zero to 100. I was like. Phew. So who was she then, a grandma or something? or who? The grandmother. She oh, was the grandmother. What? Your mother did this and, and I don't like them. So, and I just thought, oh, my That just has gosh, and it got me thinking. That is so damaging, like on so many levels. Like it's it's not okay. Your mother, wow, and your your mother's not allowed to choose what she wants, and I'm in control here, and and what have you. And it sort of got me, and I I couldn't help myself. I said, oh, oh no. Well. Maybe mummy liked the yellow flowers and that's what she needed at the time. Did you say? Did you say I that? Did. I did. Ah! I did. I did. I was like, I went from zero to 100. And that was the nicest possible way I could have put anything across. And and I didn't even look. Like I just said it. I didn't even look at them. I just kept going on my way. And then I was like, hmm. And then I thought to myself, well, she was being controlling and she was doing this. and. And while I was sort of frustrated with her being controlling and what have you, I then felt like I needed to control, Ooh. take some charge of that situation, which wasn't even my situation. So it was a good lesson for me and my values and my morals to sort of step back and go, why did I say that? Why did I say that? It makes me want to run away. <laughs> I said, I know, it's awful, isn't it? It's really awful. But but the positive aspect of it is I could sit back and reflect on that and just sort of mm. go, okay, well, maybe I'm aware of people being controlling around me. And it triggers and you. I don't need to get, it triggers me and I don't mm. need to actually get involved with that. I just need to do my thing. Mm. And I don't need to, because it's it's kind of like, energetically you're being invited to a party but you don't have to go yeah and that was my lesson that was that was that's what I took that was my takeaway yeah I didn't need to really get involved with that Mm -hmm. I just needed to play cool I just needed to mind my own business Mm. and maybe send some healing to that mum yeah which ordinarily would be and the the grandma grandma, definitely and the little boy and the little boy because there's, you know, a lot of lineage there. But um, ordinarily that's what I would have done. But mm. for some reason I acted upon that and after the words came out because you can't take them back Mm-mm. 
and I don't really know if she heard me or, or what have you. I did say it because mm. I just had to say it out loud, but it could also be that I just needed to express that for myself. Yeah. So lots of different things. You've got to sort of sit back and, and analyse the way you're responding and the way you're behaving mm. towards other people to sort of get that response, yeah. Get, get on your path, figure out yeah. what the best thing for you to do is. And while I may have needed to feel like I could voice my opinion, I mean, they didn't say anything. There wasn't an interaction. There wasn't no. anything like that. But it was just like that That was a trigger for me with the, the controlling and, no, you can't do this and you can't do that. Mm. Um, but it was, you know, yeah, interesting, mm. isn't it? Yeah, I think the little, I think that maybe the positive could be that maybe that little boy is going to remember you, you know, stepping up and saying something. Because, I mean, you know, on the flip side of that, and I know I'm cringing a lot, but on the flip side of that, if, you know, if a guy is bashing his partner over the road from me or whatever, like I'm very likely either going to call the cops or I'm going to walk over there and punch him in the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. It's like, do I go over there and stop it? Do I get in the middle of it, put my own life in danger or whatever? I'm the kind of person that I just kick into gear and, yeah. you know, I would likely be running over there, maybe on the phone to the cops at the same time, but going, you know, cut it the hell out, you know, are you okay? Can I take you away from the situation? Something, you know, I know that's not like the same sort of situation, but it's mm. do we get involved or do we not? You know, it's like people call fire because if they call help, no one comes because people don't want to get involved. Mm. You know? So it's an interesting one. Is it beneficial to say something? Maybe, you know, uh, that could have changed that kid's life. Just having someone actually jump in and say something to him because at the moment all he's hearing is uh, from this uh, lady, this grandmother mm. of his. So, yeah, Perhaps. it's a really good one in terms of what we're talking about today. Um, yeah. uh, and another one, not along the same lines, but um, similar. I had a girl because I read for a lot of kids and um, I had a like, young girl, she was like 14, and um uh, I was doing a reading for her and justice and lies and police and bullying and all this stuff was coming up and social media. I was talking about social media, you know, people are able to message you now, you know, we didn't have that when we were growing up and I was saying all these things to her and she said, well, um, yeah, you know, I was shopping with a friend. Um, she started actually stealing stuff. Um, so putting it in her top and in a bag. And she said, I'm and she was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to steal this. I'm going to shoplift. I'm going to walk out of here with this stuff. And the girl that I was reading for said, well, I don't agree with that. And she was like, um, yeah, I don't want to have a part of it. So she left and left the girl there, like left her friend there and walked out. And um, ever since then, she's been getting really awful SMSs from the other girl. And the other girl's telling everyone that, you know, she did it, she stole it, she did whatever. So she's actually now suffering as a result of walking away and um, taking the high moral ground. So I guess, you know, sometimes the lesson isn't always fun. Sometimes you do the right thing. You know, you've got good intentions and you do the right thing and you get sort of punished as a result of it. But, you know, she can still hold her head high. She still did the right thing. She still had good intentions um, and she didn't want to um, help this person shoplift. But now she's sort of getting bad-mouthed as a result of it, you know, but she still has her integrity intact. So, um, pardon me, we've really got to think about, you know, SMSing and, you know, how much children can uh, write to each other and with the parents, you know, either not knowing or not being aware. And, um, you know, sometimes we have to sort of really control that because the other girl was saying some pretty awful things to my client uh, through SMS. And um, 
I guess, you know, before we get into recommendations and inspiration, I also just wanted to say here that a guy gave me really good advice a long time ago. He's a friend of ours, um, married couple, friend of ours. And um, he said to me, Michelle, and this is when I was single, I was between relationships. And he said, you know, um, morals, values and beliefs, Michelle, are really important in a relationship. And he said, I believe that any relationship can work as long as your morals, values and beliefs are in alignment. And I've always remembered that. That always sort of really triggered and sat in my head um, whenever I entered a new relationship. And funnily enough, I actually met Jason after that. So I had had another partner who sort of wasn't the best and, um, and I'd left him. And then I met Jason, who I married. So it's interesting because that really sort of stuck in my head and I sort of applied that to every other man I met, I guess, every other relationship. And that was in the back of my head. So the other thing with morals, values and beliefs, though, is that you know, we need to make sure we've got those boundaries in place. And um, and that's how we sort of avoid getting into those codependent relationships where someone's doing something we don't agree with, but we support it and we allow it. And then we end up in those codependent relationships. So um, in my relationship, if I don't believe in something, if something doesn't align with me, um, I let my husband know in a very, I feel, or this makes me feel kind of way. So it puts it back on me. So it's not accusing anything or making any accusation. It's more putting it on me. So, um, Beck, is there anything you wanted to add here before we get into recommendations and inspo? Absolutely. I just want to sort of say that, you know, not everything is a red flag, though. Mm. I think we're so, like, society out there, everything has to be a red flag. So, if this isn't happening, that's a red flag, that's a red flag, that's a red flag. Pretty, pretty soon, you know, based on that, pretty soon everybody's going to be alone and mm. there's not going to be relationships if yeah. that's the case. We'll be single. Um, thank, thank God for, for the human need to, to find love and, and be with people and everyone's at different life stages and wanting different things. So um, I think the communication styles um, is a big, big thing to acknowledge in um, relationships because people handle things differently and it's just about, you know, where you're both at at that time and whether or not you you have space for each other. And, and when I say space, I'm talking about when we create space for, for that person and and their, their, their way of being and our way of being. Um, but I really think also and truly, truly believe that if you're in alignment with yourself and your morals and your values and your life, you will attract someone along those lines so that it would you know not be a mismatch there yeah great point great point um just some recommendations as inspiration today um as well for you guys um today's theme relates to every aspect of life and i just wanted to make that yeah. sort of clear you know relationships business we want to make sure all of those things are aligned with our values morals and beliefs because you know, sometimes we get into business with good intentions and then things happen and we move into other areas. So I just want to make sure that that's an alignment in all of your lives for the listener at home, um, as well as us, Rebecca and I. Um, when people ask me, you know, I've been asked over the years to sell things and people are like, oh, you know, can you promote this product for me, that product for me? And when I say that, I mean, I will promote if someone, you know, sends me something like a card deck, if someone sends me something that they've made, you know, I put it up and I'll put up a post and go, look at this beautiful thing this person sent me, isn't that lovely? But I've had people who are into um, multi-level marketing, so sort of selling different products, and they're like, oh, you know, um, can you promote this activewear that I'm, you know, selling at the moment or blah, blah, blah. And basically my promotion of that will be to get them more clients buying through them. 
And I'm like, no. And that's where I sort of draw the line because, you know, I do have a profile and when I do recommend things, especially cards of Big W and stuff like that, I find that people will do that thing. They will go there and then they sell out and then Hay House has a lot of sales. And then, you know, the various crystal bracelets that I wear, I remember promoting them a while ago, all of a sudden everyone had those. So it's like what I say is it counts, you know, people listen to me um, as someone with a bit of a profile. So I have to be very careful what I agree to. And that's, you know, where my morals, values and beliefs come in. I'm like, that doesn't align with me and I feel into it. I've got candles over here that I sell for charity, for Sars Sanctuary. No problem. I don't make anything out of them. If I'm not making anything out of them, I'm happy. You know, all the money goes to people who are grieving, you know, parents who are grieving loss and stuff like that. So that's where I just want to make a point here before we close is uh, make sure those things align with you. And when I say that, all it is is a feeling. When this person asked me about the activewear thing, I kind of went, ugh, that was my feeling. But the other stuff, you know, the candles, uh, charity, whatever, happy to promote. No problem at all. Bring it, bring it to me. But um, I did want to say here that, you know, some people, you know, when they get into that sort of selling thing, and I have a few clients who um, are MLM, you know, they multi-level market. And, you know, it, it does align with certain people. And some of them are light workers as well, like me. And that's great. You know, if it aligns with you in your business and your marrow, because all of our backgrounds are different. So it just uh, isn't something that aligns with me. So just, you know, trust your gut is what I want to say there. Um, but that's probably my inspiration or recommendation is to really trust your gut, trust your feelings. Um, oh. Rebecca, anything you wanted to add? I do. I've just got one more thing. I just want to say to everyone that at the end of the day, we all have reactions and we're all living and learning. So take what is important to you and your family and do your best. We don't always get it right, but we will always have a takeaway from situations. Love that. And as, and as long as you're revising that and, and finding that takeaway and improving on that, that's, that's a good step do. forward, I think. That's yeah. a good step forward. Yep. Yeah, really good advice. Um, but next episode, we just come up with this, or you came up with it very shortly, very short time ago, uh, weather and emotions. And this is something that I hadn't really thought of, but I mean, I have, but like not as an episode. So this is going to be really cool. What was your thought process yeah. with that one? Well, yesterday I was, so here in Canberra, we had a lot of rain and it's been rain and sun and rain and sun and rain and sun today. Yeah. We've got sun and wind by the looks of it. That's the same as out us. There. Um, but I was driving along yesterday and I thought, it's raining and sunny and raining. And I haven't seen a rainbow. You haven't? You're in I all the rain? Not, not like the last couple of days. I thought, I haven't oh. seen a rainbow. Normally when it's rainy and sunny, you see and rainbows, and sunny yeah. you'll get a rainbow. Yeah. I thought, that's interesting. Surely we're due for a rainbow soon. Yeah. So anyway, went out, did some stuff. Um, and sure enough, went out the back about an hour later. And rainbow. It's rainbow, amazing rainbow. That's so brilliant. One of my clients it's yesterday so cool. asked for a rainbow as a sign, and she got one as well. But it wasn't the rain; it was the um, light reflecting off the glass, and it put yeah. a rainbow across her path. And she walked through it, and she was like, "Yes, yes, yes." There's no rain. It doesn't matter how it comes. <laughs> We're not <laughs> fussy. Right. It's still a rainbow. That's it. Um, so Becca so and I yeah. need to talk about weather and emotions. Yeah. And just, you know, I was just sort of, you know, going about my business, being sort of flat, acknowledging that the weather's like this, like this, and blah, just blah, what blah. have you. And then when I saw that rainbow, I was just overjoyed. Isn't and it really it? lifted my spirits up. It really does. It's funny, isn't it? It's just an instant kind of pick me up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh, look at the rainbow. And then I was looking at it, and I'll go into this in the episode, but I was actually looking at it and 
you know, when you deeply focus on something, it's like when you do a moon meditation, I was kind of looking at it like doing a rainbow meditation, just really living the moment, enjoying all that feeling of, you know, how it had uplifted me and how excited I was to see it. Um, and I had some things go on with that. So I'll talk about that Ooh. next episode too. Hmm. We're going to have a cliffhanger. We've got a cliffhanger here, Rebecca. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. You'll have to stay tuned, <laughs> guys. Listen to the next episode and you'll hear what Rebecca's rainbow story is. All right, Beck, that was fun. Um, have a great day. I know you've got to get off and uh, drop some people off now. So um, enjoy and uh, we'll catch up again next week. Have a beautiful day, everyone.